oil state budgets are going to be hard hit by the recent slide in oil prices. Measured in dollars, Texas is the clear loser. But in terms of actual on-the-ground impacts, it's not quite so simple. In the country's number two oil-producing state, North Dakota, falling prices have barely caused a ripple. While in Alaska, number four, lawmakers are calling it a fiscal apocalypse. From the nation's eighth-largest oil-producing state, Wyoming Public Radio's Stephanie Joyce reports for Inside Energy. Anyone expecting Wyoming Governor Matt Mead to paint a grim picture of the state's future in light of falling oil prices was disappointed recently. Here's his State of the State address earlier this month. I'm pleased to report to all of you with full confidence the state of the state is strong and getting stronger. That's a bold statement, given that oil, which accounts for roughly 20 percent of state revenues, has lost more than half its value in recent months. For every $5 drop in the price of a barrel of oil, the state loses $35 million. In the next fiscal year, that's expected to translate to $220 million less for state coffers. We are in a better position now than we've been in the past. Why? In short, savings. Wyoming has billions in the bank, including more than $2 billion set aside in a rainy day fund. Although no one is talking about spending that money yet, Mead has asked the legislature for $150 million from other funds for things like passing lanes on state highways and a new high-altitude sports training center at the university. Our forebearers did not view the role of government as a bank. They were not hoarders, but builders. Alaska Governor Bill Walker also made plenty of references to forebears in his State of the State address, to their grit and resilience through tough times. And we are descendants of adventurers, of dreamers, the restless and survivors, those who refuse to accept no for an answer. Walker's message, while arguably optimistic, basically came down to this, an all-caps don't panic. That's because while Wyoming gets 20% of its revenues from oil, Alaska gets up to 90%. And much of that goes to fund the day-to-day operations of government. Falling oil prices aren't denting Alaska's budget, they're devastating it. Walker has halted spending on the state's six major infrastructure projects and says budgets could be cut by up to 25% over the next four years. Today we're faced with a $3.5 billion deficit, and as I said, using $10 million every day from our savings. Some might call this a crisis. I call this a challenge and an opportunity. Whatever you call it, it's a far cry from the situation in North Dakota, which produces almost twice as much oil as Alaska. There, it's basically business as usual. Ryan Raschenberger is the state's tax commissioner. Oil is a, is a non-renewable resource. It's a one-time funding source, and it goes in mostly into long-term trust funds. In North Dakota, less than 5% of oil revenues actually go to the state's general fund, which is probably why Raschenberger and most other state officials sound decidedly unpanicked. Keep in mind, we had originally forecasted $8.3 billion in, in total oil and gas taxes. But by law, only $300 million goes into the general fund, and that's one of the first things that gets deposited. So that, again, is uh, relatively secure when it comes to ongoing uh, revenues for the state. Of course, no one knows when the oil price slide will end or reverse. And even in states where calm has prevailed, it may not last. Speaking in the hallway immediately after a presentation about future state revenues, 
Wyoming Representative Tim Stubson urged caution. Everybody says we're better prepared, but who knows? They may have, in the early 90s, before they hit 10 years of flat budgets, they may have thought they were well prepared, too. In light of that, Stubson is less eager than the governor to spend money right now. And if we fall to the temptation of spending every dime uh, when we have it, then we, we're going to be in real trouble. But if we recognize this volatility and we plan for it, then I think we can build stability into the system. But he's likely to find some pushback on the idea that government spending should conform to the worst-case scenario, especially in light of the state's massive savings accounts. Regardless of who wins that argument, the hoarders or the spenders, it's clear the conversation will dominate oil state capitals for months to come. For Inside Energy, I'm Stephanie Joyce.